A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on Cricket Podcast and Talk Sport. Myself, John Norman, Jarrett Kimber. And guess what? We do have a day four to look forward to and a day three to look back on, which uh, featured the best part of 90 overs. What riches as England dominated the sessions once again and moved themselves into pole position to square the series. There was hope yesterday and there's hope today. Bring it on. course i don't believe any of that uh jared how you doing uh we're not packing up the old kit bag and heading off uh, down the m whatever connects us with london um we're staying another night the ashes is still alive and credit where credit's due actually england i thought uh, showed a little bit of the grit and determination and uh, defensive technique or the ability to leave a ball essentially uh, that they uh, were so woefully inadequate in on day two but here we are. England need 203 to win. Uh, Australia needs seven wickets. And actually, it's got a good contest on our hands. Probably not a good contest, but it could be a good contest. Well, it was a good contest today, anyway. Yeah, yeah no, look, I thought Root was outstanding. Um, I thought, I mean, Denley was incredibly lucky, but he stayed there and, you know... Uh, He's sort of mastered the play and miss at this point. Um, There's a few players that can say that, eh? Yeah. We... Labashane, Burns, Smith, even at, in, on occasion. Actually, no, forget Smith. Probably not Smith. Probably not Smith, but the others, yeah. I, I, Labashane, definitely. Uh, everyone's um, lionising him, and I was like, well, he could have been out about 83 times. And I think the same with Denley, but I thought Burn, uh, sorry, I thought Root was outstanding. And also, I thought they were quite clever in the way they went out of. I think if you tried to score on this wicket, I think you would have lost your wicket. Um, and so they didn't. And you've got to give them credit. You know, what was it yesterday? No one could bat because of T20 cricket. And then today happened. Well, he is a rubbish T20 cricketer at the end of the day, Joe Root, isn't he? OK, let's get on with this. Player of the day was going to be Joe Root or Joe Denley. Joe Denley is player of the day because he's kept his test career going today. No, he hasn't. He- yeah, yes, he'll play. He will play the fourth test. If that innings gets him another test... It will, though, won't it? If that innings gets him it another will, test, then uh, the England selectors uh, should be replaced. That, that's not just... And I'm not saying he should be dropped, because 
No, no, no. So it does sound a little bit like you're saying he should be dropped. No, no. If, if they already thought he should play the next test before this, that, that's a different Mate, issue. it doesn't work like that. If it's that innings and they go, well, look at that. That's how it again. works. Well, then they're wrong because that innings proved to me. True, but yes. you're wrong in saying that he won't play the fourth test. He will play the fourth test. The longer he batted, the more he looked like he was not worthy of test match cricket. Uh, he doesn't look good enough to score against these uh, this quality of bowling. Um, his defence isn't tight enough. He can't score in enough different areas. He's, he's just... I, I'm. You know, sometimes when you make runs and you have a long innings, you actually show more of your failings. And I think that's what he did in that particular innings. And and look, good on him for gutsing it out because you've still got to do that. And that's part of the job. And, you know, it's the sort of thing that, you know, we would love to see someone like James Vince do, for instance. Right. And Usman Khawaj has been accused of that at times. Although I don't think it's as fair with him. But realistically, uh, he did guts it out. But it, there was nothing in that that tells you he should be in the next test at all. But he will be. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe Root, player of the day. I mean, you spoke quite eloquently yesterday, which makes a change, um, about your desire to see him score some runs. You know, for all the hurt for the fans here yesterday and the English supporters in the press box and all the former pros. Um, and really, there was some proper soul searching going on this morning. Everyone, everybody I bumped into, all the conversations I heard in the lift or down in the stands, it was all about how awful it was yesterday. And, uh, you know, where do England go from here? Who do they replace? You know, it was a lot of shock and hurt. There's nobody would have hurt more than Joe Root as the captain, a guy who grew up here um, and as a guy who at times seems to be single handedly trying to win the ashes from a batting perspective. So knowing how talented a guy he is, um, yeah, it was pretty edifying to see him score. What you'd have to say was in the main 75 chanceless runs. I know the, the ball went past the inside and outside edge on occasion, but that is going to happen. Oh, especially on this wicket. Mm. Uh, I think um, I think Crickvis said that Joe Denley had enough playing misses and, and, you know, almost outs to go out three times. Um, so that tells you what kind of a wicket it is. Um, I think with with Root, it was it was obviously far less. But look, it was a good innings. He's potentially playing for his captaincy mm. in, in some ways at the moment. Um, it's just good to watch him bat like a batsman again. Like yeah. so, some of the little things he did, like the way he played line, the way he moved right across the off stump and, and flicked the ball around the leg side, the way he started scoring at backward point. Australia had taken that away from him a little bit. Uh, mm. Just the the little. You know, the reason that him, Kane Williams and Steve Smith, Virat Kohli, at that other level, came back a little bit today. So it was really interesting to watch that. Um, you know, not pushing at the ball, like literally p playing the line. And if the ball leaves you, you miss it rather than, you know, pushing hands, which Denley was doing because uh, he's not on that level. And, you know, few people are. So it was good to see Root do that. I mean, it would be an incredible innings to get them home from here. But it's already been a really good innings. I'm not sure it saves his captaincy, though, because all it does is to me, he's proved he's a really good batsman. I already knew that. Story of the day. Well, I guess the Ashes is still alive. So that is a pretty big story when you consider that's the point of this show, essentially. Uh, and that can only be a good thing. Uh, Joe Root can captain and bat on occasion. Although he's still in that his danger zone, isn't he? Anything between 50 and 100. Um, anything else? Yeah, I think it was a proper day of test cricket. The pitch flattened out. Um, Australia bowled very accurately. England realised that playing any shots. Um, so it was a really good day of test cricket. It's just a very weird day to tap on to the end of the last two days. You know, there was a certain point where 
um, you know, in the press box, uh, I, no one said they were bored, but they made a comment um, about the cricket. And I said, well, that's only because we're used to wickets. We've seen 26 of them over two days, and now we, you know, we're not going to see many. So I think it sort of changed the, the, you know, the style. But that's why we like Test cricket. It's weird and it does odd things sometimes. 21 runs, I think, in the last 21 overs today, something around that. And that's, that's actually what you want to see on occasion. We don't want to go back to the 70s or whenever cricket was really boring, 50s even. Um, but you do want to see contrast. You know, it's, it's, it was, we saw a crazy game earlier this year when something like 17 wickets fell on one day and none the next. Um, I don't think you want to see that either. That's too, that's ridiculous. But there was a period of play today where it was enjoyable to see batsmen on top and being made to work hard for their runs because the bowling was nagging and accurate all day. And credit to Australia for that as well, because I think England would have leaked a lot more. Um, I think the patience Australia showed on day two at Edgbaston and again today was admirable. And that day at Edgbaston, that for me was a huge warning sign for, from an English perspective because England were on top and Australia never let them get away. And they've pretty much done the same thing today. Just when it reached that period, that 60 over period, where you think, well, England could uh, score 60-70 and I don't think anyone was getting too far ahead of themselves. Actually, that was a period that Australia clawed it back in again. So, uh, yeah, credit all round, really. It was, as you say, proper cricket. Um, and it's good to see Test cricket does still exist on occasion. Uh, ball of the day. Well, we didn't have that many exciting balls today, but there was one, I think it was James Pattinson's first ball came on and smashed into, I think it was Denley's glove and flew over. It was just a brutal ball. I mean, we, we talk about warm-up balls and we watch all these bowlers, you know, getting into their groove. It was first ball straight at him. Denley was not um, expecting it at all. It was a beautiful ball. Um, not particularly well played by Denley, but got away with it. And uh, uh, I think this is, um, you know, as you said, Australia mostly nagged. They did go to a little bit of short pitch bowling at times, but they mostly just nagged away. So it was, you know, there was a lot of corridor bowling. Um, so there weren't a lot of, and the ball's not moving a lot. It's not seeming. Uh, we had one ball keep low uh, that, that yeah. Joe Root hit. But other than that, we, you know, we had, um, we didn't really have anything spin out of the footmarks or anything. It, it, it's one of those things when we talk about 300 run chase. Um, usually you do those on day four and five. England are doing most of it, well, not most of it, but a good chunk of it on day three, which does change things a bit. It does. And that's why tomorrow, and again, nobody's getting too ahead of themselves. The first session is always a difficult session to bat at Headingly. doesn't matter what the conditions are doing. Of course, they can be be they can aid or uh, aid either batting or bowling. But essentially, that's how Headingly plays. And as the day progresses, uh, it does get easier to bat. So if England do get to lunch, they get past the new ball, uh, losing one or two wickets and they add 50 or 60 got a game shot of the day I mean Joe Denley did show that if test match batting was about taking advantage of short wide deliveries which he could swat over mid wicket then he would be a hundred test player uh, with uh, 25 test centuries to his name for me it was a, a glorious and very rare highlight of what had been a, a very stubborn and disciplined innings um, aside from that your shot of the day yeah, he, there was another one he played as well, which was a cover drive to James Pattinson, um, which was beautiful. It was a you know, wide ball and smashed it. Um, it. Look, it's those shots, though, that make people think he's a test match player. 
And I understand that, but I think that there's a lot more nuance to what a test match player is. And I think former players especially, see, they look for players who have more time than other players. Mm. And, um, you know, it's th- that's their eye test. Well, that's what really what they're looking for in a batsman. Uh, you know, different, uh, different kinds of batsmen, but essentially they're looking for someone who's in position early. And James Vince and Joe Denley actually both pass that more often than not. The difference is that they actually have other technical flaws and sometimes uh, um, other kinds of flaws in their game, um, although I'd say most of their flaws are technical, wh- which, which hurt them. So when Denley plays a cover drive like that, you hear everyone, oh, you know, that sort of communal groan but realistically, um, if he if he was to play his cover drive over and over again today, which he tried a few times and, and got beaten, uh, he's nowhere near at the level to be able to play that at this shot. Uh, I, I, sorry, he's nowhere near being able to play that shot at this level consistently at the moment. And, uh, you know, when he does it and it works, it looks great. But, you know, I don't know why I keep talking about James Vince. Is he in this side? He's never too far away from this side. If you listen to some of the former pros who uh, continually pushes uh, inclusion. Uh, but yeah, OK, a couple of good shots today. But I suppose uh, in some other regards, it's the shots that weren't played. Ben Stokes, 50 deliveries for two runs. You know, he can play that way. And it's another reason why people actually are suggesting he bats higher up the order. As the great George Dobell says, um, sometimes it's the shots you don't play. But uh, uh, Did I just say that? Yeah, but I, I paraphrased it in a prettier way than what you said. Um, no, he shouldn't bat higher up in the order. He's batting in the right spot. One of the reasons he, 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 he looks so solid is because he didn't come in when the score was 30 for three. Well, no, I totally agree. I mean, I got a text from a good friend of mine, Josh, who uh, texted me at the fall of the second week and he said, oh, great. The, you know, in fact, I'll tell you exactly what he said. It was 15 for two and... Um, he texts me and he just said, good news, Stokes is in next, fresh from his 22-over burst. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And, and, and it's not just that as well. It's like his technique does not hold up against new ball. There's a reason why he's not used in the new ball even in one-day cricket. Um, and, and when you put him up the order, he actually bats a lot more defensively. His technique is great if you have 100 to 200 runs on the board, or even more than that, obviously, because he, you know when that ball is 30, 35, 40 overs old, it doesn't move sideways as much. Um, and, and there's fewer options you can have against him. And then he's a really good batsman. But he doesn't average whatever it is, 35 off the top of my head, by accident, there's a reason why he doesn't average more than that, you know. And so just throwing him up the order because he batted good today when he had a 50 overhead start is ridiculous. And the fact that he had a good two-hour break between bowling 22 overs and batting probably helps. Uh, anodyne press conference moment of the day. Wow, there's got to be some choice moments today. I don't know who's speaking. Uh, possibly Joe Denley. Um, I don't know if you've seen what Aussie was put, put up for the press today. No, a shake of the head and a yawn. Well, let's find out because yawning is what, is what this section is all about. It's um, yeah, frustrating to, to get a couple of starts and not go on. And obviously... Um, Pleased with my knock today, but it would have been nice to go on a bit further. But I think that that partnership with Rooty was obviously pretty crucial. And, uh, we've ended the day in a pretty good position. You know, it's always important to try and keep the Aussies quiet, especially you know their bowling attack um, is obviously uh, a very powerful one. But um, yeah, very happy at the end of the day. You were dealing with some pretty intense bowling out there. How, how, what was it like? It was um, yeah, it was tricky at times. Um, batting at the far end, I found the, the bounce a little bit inconsistent. Um, uh, so therefore, just try to you know, duck and weave and, and, and um, sort of ride that out. Uh, I knew that they were going to come hard, but um, you know they couldn't run in all day and, and at that pace. 
Um, so it's about grinding it out and uh, trying to keep them coming back for more spells. Yeah, the wicket, the wicket's obviously flattened out a little bit uh, with that older ball. Obviously, uh, we've got the new ball doing eight overs, so that's going to be good for us. And um, if we're holding our line of lengths, we're going to reap the rewards of the pressure that we've built up this afternoon. We, we just got to take the result out of it. We just got to stick to the process. We just got to stick to making sure we shut that scoreboard down um, and make sure when we're at that new ball, uh, we're making the challenging the bat, both edges of the bat, um, ball in, ball out. And if we're doing that for long, no doubt that we're going to win the match. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit Barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I've got a little rant of the day. Uh, can people stop holding up Marnus Labuschagne's innings as a template for how England should go about batting? Because this guy was dropped four times and caught from a no ball in an innings that, let's be honest... He was treading water for the last 30 runs or so. Um, he's actually batted so slowly, I don't even care when he's at the crease. Unless he's batting with someone like Steve Smith, who's never going to get out, well, let him bat. He's so slow. He doesn't have many scoring op- options. And everyone goes on about, oh, yeah, he likes being hit and he doesn't mind wearing them. No, I'm sorry, that's absolute rubbish. If you can't get out of the way of the ball, that's a huge problem because there's only so many uh, balls you can take at 90 miles an hour at your head. So stop holding him up as the uh, way England need to bat for the rest of their lives. 
Oh, I think you're wrong there. I think they should get dropped more and um, nick, nick uh, no balls more often. I, I think you're massively wrong. Um, but yeah, no. My, well, my round of the day goes back to yesterday. England couldn't bat because they batted like T20 players. And today, Joe Denley, who travels the world playing Big Bash, and then uh, Ben Stokes at the end, the IPL player, uh, played properly. So well, what are we even talking about? And also, why do we never talk about the fact that the bowlers also play T20 cricket? And yet they seem to be able to um, bowl incredibly at the moment. And there's great bowling all around the world, and they understand the right lines and lengths. And batsmen are unable to. Like there's some sort of cloud that only affects batsmen. Everyone's getting paid lots of money to pay t- play T20 cricket. It, Apart from Joe Root. Apart from Joe Root? No, even he went to the Sydney Sixers or Thunder or whichever Sydney t- T20 franchise. Just as well you don't work in the Big Bash. Yeah. Um, I think I actually had to come up with a plan against him, but I still can't remember. He def- well, it definitely worked. Thunder. I think he played for the Thunder. Wasn't that Butler? That was Butler's. Yes, it... Mm. Oh, who knows? Anyway, rant, carry on with your rant. So my point is that yesterday, England's bad batting was all about T20 cricket. So what, what gets the credit for today's batting? It, it's just nonsense. There's, there's technical deficiencies within these batsmen. It's not just a T20 thing. It might be a changing generational thing. Um, it might be that we're in... Look at the quality of the bowling today. Mm. So Australia basically went, do you know what? We're better than... This. We're, our bowlers are better than your batsmen. Even though we know the pitch is, is getting easier, we're just going to stay outside our stump and we're going to nag away, and we're eventually going to get a wicket. If we have to go short, we'll bowl a couple of spells. We'll get Hazelwood to bowl a spell of short. We'll get Pattinson and then Cummins, because they have those options. Most teams don't even have those options. And then, worst case scenario, Lyon will go for about 1.2 runs and over at the other end. And we've even got Labashain's leg spin, which is not bad fifth bowling you know, option on a pitch like this today. Ridiculously quality bowling. And England, with T20 batsmen, lasted, you know, a lot of the day by going at what? I think their run rate was negative. I'm just saying, you know, we always, we, the minute they fail, it's T20. And the minute they do well, no one mentions it anymore. So what you're saying is T20 is like county cricket. When England do well, nobody mentions county cricket. And when England do badly, it's county cricket's fault or because county cricket doesn't exist anymore. It's everything. I mean, I, I sort of um, tuned out, but yeah. Unluckiest of the day. Uh, Australian bowlers, I mean, we've talked about it. Just brilliant bowling. They pro- they produced more than enough chances to get rid of Danley um, multiple times. They probably produced enough chances and enough good balls to get rid of Hang on, you said it was three. Wasn't it three times? Multiple. Yeah, be batted for like 150 deliveries. That's, you're going to have a few chances. Yeah. Sorry, I just got distracted by children shouting. Yeah, but there was a lot of chances in that particular innings. And so this is how it works. Generally, you produce a lot of chances early in your innings, and then you get solid, and you produce very few later on. That was not the case with Denley. A bit like the Rory Burns innings and and Lubbershane's innings um, at times as well. They kept producing bad innings, and that's because of the quality of the bowling um, and the pressure that was kept on them. And also, the batsmen didn't, I mean... I don't think I'm stating it. Nuclear hot takes here. Batsmen are not quite as good in this series as the bowlers. So I think the Australian bowlers, they kept at it and they bowled really well. I think on another day, they probably would have taken five or six wickets. I'm not sure it's a day that you could run through unless the, the, the opposition sort of just throws their hands up in the air. Um, and England certainly didn't do that. So I thought I saw the Australian bowlers bowl really well, really disciplined. I think they backed the fact that they think they're better. Um, it'd be interesting to see if maybe tomorrow, if England keep batting like this, whether they keep bowling just outside our stump and trying the odd short stuff or they go with something else but today I, I i mean i think they bowl well enough to take a lot more wickets and pretty much ice the game today um but it didn't happen for them 
I just had the feeling that they sat back a little bit too much. I thought they were a tad too passive. It almost seemed like a, they were just waiting. It was a bit like a cat watching a mouse, uh, knowing that the mouse hasn't seen it yet. But, you know, they possibly could have pounced a little bit earlier. And they've actually got themselves in a position now where, as you say, you only need to see England have a bit of luck or a large slice of luck. Um, score another 50 runs and you're starting to get to that territory if they get past the new ball where possibly they've left it a little bit too late. I know what you mean, but because England didn't score many runs... I, I would say that up until the last 20 overs of today. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I know what you mean. I, ba- I still was backing them. I thought eventually oh, yeah. they were going to get the wicket. Yeah. But I think that if you look at it from their point of view, they pulled England back, they got the wicket... Ben Stokes and Joe Root are going to have to come out and bowl, play for, is it eight, nine overs, ten overs before the new ball? That's a tricky bit anyway because you've got to get yourself reset. Chances are one of them is going to fall before the new ball, right? Then you've got the new ball. You know, Butler and Bairstow against the new ball is a good matchup for, for Australia as they've proved with fresh bowlers. Uh, I know they've bowled all day today, but they'll be fresh tomorrow morning. I think that they've done okay. I think they did everything that they kind of needed to do. I think if they'd done what... You're saying they would have leaked more runs and England would be in a better position. But I could be wrong. But, you know, uh, when they did go short, they got a wicket from it. So maybe they should have tried that more often. I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought they would have tried a little bit of the short stuff. I also, you know, we saw Hazelwood giving, I think it was Root, a right old mouthful at times. I didn't really see the fielders doing that that much. You know, when uh, Roy and Burns went out, a couple of the Aussies went up to them, Pattinson and whatever, reminded them that essentially, you know, Roy might never play again for England, whatever they were saying. I didn't see that Australia enough today. I mean, you can still be that and allow your bowlers to bowl as they do. Um, But anyway, it would probably be a complete irrelevance at the end of it. Okay, I've got two lols of the day. Uh, first one, actually, they both involve Guy Swindles, so you wouldn't be aware of these two. But I was on air, and <laughs> it was a pretty, it was about 10 minutes before the start of play. It was all doom and gloom stuff, wasn't it? You can imagine the line of questioning from Max Rushton um, about how bad it was yesterday. Is there any hope uh, today? Of course, there isn't any hope. It was really bad. And then suddenly there was an eruption to my right. A swear word was uttered, nay, shouted by Guy Swindles as he managed to drop his coffee cup full of coffee all over his book, which you see along here, which has been drying out in the uh, uh, drying out throughout the day. The pages are all stuck together in the manner. Actually, I'm not going to make that uh, joke. Um, and <laughs> it was really, really quite funny. And it all went out on air and it was uh, very humorous. So that was one of my things. Don't make a joke about what I just said. Uh, Mel Farrell uh, dropped coffee all over our laptop today. So it's been a day for that. Well, and then later on... Uh, Joe Root and Joe Denley had put together about, I don't know, 35 or so. And suddenly Guy jumped to his feet and screamed, Don't you dare! Out the window at uh, Joe Denley as he aimed another airy-fairy drive to Pat Cummins or Josh Hayeswood. And it was so in the manner of a school teacher who's on a school holiday with the kids. It's the end of the week and he has had it up to here with two of the more troublesome pupils. Um, And it just made me laugh quite a lot on a day that I needed to laugh. What about you? Uh, there was a Matthew Wade moment where I think Ben Stokes chopped the ball into the ground yeah, and it yeah, went to Ma- Matthew Wade at, 
uh, cover and he threw it up in the air at, in a pretend, obviously, because he knew it had been hit into the ground. But here's the thing. The crowd hadn't fallen for the crowd catch. So now Matthew Wade was faking out a crowd who, di- who weren't doing it. He looked like a massive loser because no one else reacted. And then after a couple of seconds, the, the crowd realized, because they hadn't fallen from the crowd catch so much, they weren't even watching Wade. Then they realized what he'd done and they just started to boo him for being a doofus. <laughs> I mean, he could not have looked. And that look on his face of, oh, damn it. It was brilliant. I don't I don't think I've seen many people commit to the crowd catch when there's been no crowd supporting the, the crowd catch themselves. It, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. There was a real kind of feeling of we are not going to laugh or we, we're so angry with what's happened. We're not. They basically, Matthew Wade had done something really bad a couple of hours previously and his parents hadn't forgiven him <laughs> and he'd done something relatively funny, but there was no way they were going to laugh and then they were going to stop booing him. Um, mistake of the day. Oh, all right. So we were not going to talk about the umpiring mistake that would have seen Joe Root uh, LBW on 59, the biggest inside edge LBW I think I can ever remember seeing. So we're not going to talk about that one that you just explained in great detail. No. But why don't we talk about the one where Tim Payne asked for a re- review yeah. and then unreviewed yeah. <laughs> and he did a weird robot dance trying to like suck the review back out of his arm for a minute. It's almost lull of the day because you're, you're chuckling. So you did yeah, like that. I don't, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a player review and unreview. Are you even allowed to unreview? Because it, what I thought was really funny as well was that he almost realised that he'd reviewed and then unreviewed and then must have thought to himself, hang on, am I allowed to even do that? Yeah. And then seemed to pretend that he hadn't been reviewing. He was actually asking whether the time limit for the review had come to an end, which meant he'd done the review sign. It was almost like he was getting his excuse in before the umpire had even asked to hear it. That was hilarious. I mean, it was just so bizarre. It was such a weird thing to do. Um, and- what is the law? I mean, can you unreview a review? Um, with the, I think if before the umpire has signalled, I think a playing condition says that you can do that. But I did, we didn't look it up um, at, at the time, and I probably should have. But but I, I I've got a feeling I have seen it before. But uh, yeah, that was it was quite nice. Well, I write a lot of uh, my notes down as I go, and uh, I actually wrote this down at about midday, and I've put down moment of the day: Australia retaining the Ashes at five fourteen p.m. Well, that didn't happen. Maybe, no. maybe that'll be tomorrow. Well, no, it couldn't. Wow, could you imagine if they retained it at five fourteen tomorrow? That would be a classic Ashes if it goes that far. That would be a moment of the day. No, the moment of the day was the Australian basketball team beating Team USA. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. Your thirteen year year old self is. Uh, I don't can't remember the exact tweet, but it made me realise that you know when I was thirteen, Australia were about to embark on a 26-year period <laughs> when they wouldn't lose the ashes. And it made me feel a bit sad. I, when I think about you as a teenager, I often feel sad. No, you shouldn't. You should feel really happy because I was a really pretty cool teenager. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. No, no, I was, I was. No, you weren't. I, no, I know you don't want to believe I've me. talked to your dad. He, he said you thought you were cool. It wasn't the case. No, I was, I was. I'll show you my passport photo. My first passport photo when I was 17 was so tragic uh, like so, I didn't get a passport till I was seventeen, right? And so I got it at the exact worst point in your life that you should get a passport that's going to last for ten years, and you're going to have to go to America where they ask for a passport when you order cigarettes, let alone anything else. So um, 
Anyway, that's a story for another day. There will be another day as well. Day three's come to an end. There will be a day four. And, uh, yeah, I'm still expecting Australia to win. But at least I can go to sleep tonight in the comfort of my hotel bed, knowing that I'm going to get a full eight hours sleep because I'm not home looking after two small children. You're listening to the following on podcast. Join myself and Jared tomorrow as uh, we look back at the third test match here in Leeds. Uh, subscribe to iTunes or Acast or do whatever you like you can go to talksport.com as well we'll see you back here tomorrow thanks for listening the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.